0: Welcome to the ID10T Podcast number 1082. If you go over to ID10T.com right now, this week, the week of July, what is today? The 23rd. Um, For the next couple of days, if you use the offer code ZOMBIE20, you will get 20% off all zombie-related items in the ID10T shop in honor of the Walking Dead panels At Virtual Comic Con, Comic Con at Home. And it's, uh, you know, Walking Dead related shirts, zombie phone case, um, blood splatter pop of me. Uh, So, yes, zombie20 at id10t.com for the next few days uh, here in uh, the year 2020. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this. Or maybe this is some future civilization listening back. And if it is thousands of years in the future, uh, that offer code will not work anymore. I apologize. Also, the internet was a thing that we had where we uh, shared information, I guess. Um, so That on that tip of Comic-Con at home, um, I'm moderating three Walking Dead panels that are going to go live on Comic-Con's YouTube page, which is just YouTube.com slash Comic-Con. And uh Friday, July twenty fourth, Fear the Walking Dead at noon, The Walking Dead panel at one, and Walking Dead World Beyond at two. So uh cast members, producers, information will be announced. That, uh, is not that you don't have yet. So uh, tune into that and support Comic Con at home, virtual Comic Con. Um, there's like 350 panels. There's so many great panels um, that they're that they're putting up. So it was amazing that they were able to pull all that together and um, do the best they could in a very challenging situation. And we hope to see you next year in person at uh, Comic Con in San Diego. That's my hope. Um, so that's that. Now let's talk about you. The ID10T community corkboard. Events at ID10T.com like Diego who writes... So I've been flirting around with the idea of creating a podcast for a long time. Never did it because as a creative, I tend to be a perfectionist and always feared I lacked the technical know-how in audio production to make it happen. Long story short, my eight-year-old son Joshua started getting the bug to create content, and it was the desire to do something creative with him that led me to say, to hell with it, let's do this and figure it out along the way, and created what I think is the first podcast hosted by a father and son. We call it Geekology 101, and in it we cover all things geeky. Each episode is focused on a single topic of geek and it's a free-flowing chat between an 8-year-old and a 37-year-old who are both complete geeks. You can find the podcast at geekology101.com. And on podcast apps, oh, Diego, to you and Joshua, uh, I have a hat on right now. I am taking it off. I just actually – can you hear it popping off? That's my hat coming off. Uh, I am tipping my hat. Well, no, I guess I pulled it off. But now I'm tipping it. I put it back on and I'm tipping it to you because that's a beautiful and wonderful and brilliant thing that you're doing and and an amazing – Way to be constructive at a time where you're probably home more than you were four months ago because of the state of the world. So, wonderful thing that you're doing with your son, and um, and I can't wait to give it a listen. So, Geekology 101 to everyone else who's listening now. Events at ID10T.com is how you get your thing on the podcast. Uh, this episode is Harvey Guillen, who is... Just a brilliant performer. Currently, he plays Guillermo, who is a familiar to a group of very unappreciative vampires. And he is, his character is oft overlooked for promotion, so to speak, uh, on the show What We Do in the Shadows, uh, which is based on the movie. The original movie, of course, is great. The television series is also incredible. Both brought to you by uh Watiti and Jermaine Clement. Everyone on the show is just brilliant. And the chemistry that they all have together, I mean, it just, it is. It's, it's, what we do in the shadows is our favorite comedy on television right now. It is on FX and Hulu. The second season just ended. Thankfully, they did get picked up for a third. um, So they'll probably shoot that when we figure out how to do things like shoot shows again. Um, Also, uh, in addition to playing Guillermo on what we do in the shadows, Harvey, um, hosted a a pre show for each episode of what we do in the shadows called before the shadows. So if you go to beforetheshadows.com, dot uh, com, you can see those episodes and there are uh, and there are video too. And he has cast members on and Jermaine he has Jermaine on and so it's uh, it's great. Harvey is not only incredibly talented, um, he's also just a wonderful human being who is a, a, a brilliantly emerging producer and content creator and writer as well so he is someone that you know if you're already a fan of shadows or if you haven't watched it yet you should i he, Harvey is someone that you're gonna see a lot of really cool things from uh in addition to this in the future so um i i really 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 uh, enjoyed this chat with him this is the id10t podcast number 1082 with Harvey Guillen sitting on is amazing oh yeah that carved woodwork is 1902 gorgeous
1: absolutely gorgeous I love it I found it and I would like reupholstered it and yeah oh man my little corner so much good stuff to talk about (laughs) if that's just your
0: office chair and that is like such a gorgeous piece of hand-carved wooden furniture (laughs) <laughs> I can't imagine. Is 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 the rest of your place sort of filled with
1: antique stuff? Yeah, it's like a combination of antique and new and industrial. Like it's like a madman's house.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So when these types of things are allowed again, you we you have to come to our house and cause I feel like there's you're gonna see a lot of crossover because I can already tell like if I saw that chair on first dibs I would say to Lydia like I think we should probably get this chair
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's how I was I was like I'm getting this chair. and friends who come over they're like your place is like a museum but like it's like a writer that went mad and
0: (laughs) yeah but that's I mean how do you there's some really cool set pieces on your show
1: which i Right. Oh, this is nothing. Like it doesn't do justice to the stuff we have on the show. And this is I made this little corner to my like what we do in the shadows interview stuff. Like I I did the pre-show for the series yeah. this evening. Yeah. So I made a little set. So this is kind of like the set. Like welcome to. So I I mean these were already up. Like these like paint like they're not paintings, but they're just empty frames on the wall. So yeah. they're just empty all frames, and the whole wall is covered in them. Um, and I can just move it and like show you. Oh yeah. Oh that's great. Oh that's great. That looks
0: really great. For So for the audio, for the people who are just listening to audio, Harvey has this amazing wall of gorgeous empty frames, but they're all like different
1: shapes and all like carved. like Yeah, and all from like, you know, vintage, like, uh, you know, I went to the Rose Bowl, like flea market, and bought, okay. I painted them all myself, hand painted, and like uh, just took them all because they were all like, you know, old and about to lose hope. And I said, you could still reuse these. I mean... I feel like there's
0: some type of vampire-themed HGTV show in your future.
1: (laughs) Welcome back, guys.
0: (laughs) I feel like there's something. You know, we've been watching... uh, First of all, let me just start by saying my wife adores you.
1: I adore her. (laughs) Uh, She
0: wants me to tell you hello. She's out walking our ever-growing otter hound, Zoltar. Um, But but she, she wanted me to tell you hi. Hi. Um, I, before we, like, re- I feel like we're going to have so much fun stuff to talk about. I just want to understand. So the interviews that I've seen with you, people pronounce your last name as Guillen, but there's an accent mark on the last syllable. So it's not Guillen? It's Guillen. That's what I thought. Yeah. So a, lo- so, so a lot of people are just say it wrong.
1: Yeah. I think it's hard. It's a, It's not a really common last name. I don't think a lot of people know a lot of Guillens. Um, so it's like Gulian, I remember being in school and like you know uh, being mispronounced like all the time they were just like gulen Gulen is it Gulen? And it's like no, it's like the double L makes a yeah sound and if yeah, you grew up in Orange County it's like it's Southern California. people understand the yeah. double L is a, is a y sound I yeah don't really and, and I don't know it's like you know when people still grew up in Southern California and they say, La Lasianaga, you know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we don't. I guess technically we live in Los Angeles, but we don't Los say Angeles, La Cienega. Yeah, La Cienega. <laughs> se pulvera, Sepulveda, Sepulveda. Los Angeles, Sepulveda.
0: So we, we don't actually say it the way it's supposed to be said. So I guess, I guess uh, God, I don't know. I, I'm. Um, we love your show so much. Uh, you're so good on it. I swear to God, if if there is not an Emmy nomination this year, it will not be. There is no, there is just, there's, I don't believe in anything anymore because (laughs) the performances, your performance, everyone's performances on that show, let me just gush about it for a second. It's so hard to take a movie that's great and then create a show that's its own identity and somehow the show is completely its own thing and brilliant in its own way and in no way lives in a, for lack of a better word, shadow of the movie it, it's, it's such an unbelievable feat. But the comedy choices on your show are so flawless that I am constantly like, I never, how the fuck are they? I never, a lot of times when you watch comedy, you can sort of track it, you know? I see what they, did, but y'all just do such an amazing job. Please tell me the show is as much fun to work on as it is to watch.
1: It, it, it is. It is literally the funnest show and the funnest, you know the the chemistry with the cast is like unbelievable. Like I I never had a chemistry read uh, with Kayvon and that could have been terribly you know detrimental to the to the arc of these characters because I we we never met, and so to be on the first day on set to shoot the pilot and to know the backstory that you have been working together for ten years as yeah. a master and you know uh, as familiar and i was just like whoa this could go terribly wrong It could go great and i just met Kayvon within like five seconds i was like oh my god i was like this is gonna be great and it it has and it is and hopefully will continue to be and i just love going to work every day like it's just um man these like all every single one of the cast members they're what they bring to the table it's like playing hot potato but the game never ends like yes. the game literally never ends like we had a take in the first season where we, the, the take would have been like, you know, probably 20 seconds long for the show. And we just ran for 26 minutes. Like we just let the camera roll on a 26 minute take. Holy like shit. They didn't, cut, they didn't say anything and they just let it roll because it was funny, 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 funny without being funny for funny, you know, right. just, just trying to be funny. It was just like naturally organically being funny. And man, you'll never see that clip, and you'll never see those scenes because they're too long. And the show's only, you know, half hour show. But it's just how lucky to be on a show that that's a problem. You know, it's like you have too much good stuff. <laughs>
0: I'm going to pitch a show and maybe, you know, maybe this is something to throw at Jermaine. Um, <laughs> but digital show called What We Cut in the Shadows and it's just all <laughs>
1: the outtakes, <laughs>
0: Shit that you couldn't use in the show. I, would, I mean, it, it's, they're, they're ha- it must be such an embarrassment of riches where they're like, fuck, this is such a great joke, but it takes away from yeah twenty minute story that we're telling, so we have to take it out there must there must be so much good stuff in there
1: yeah this it's so much like we you know this year we we welcomed uh so the editor who edited the film for tech and jermaine um uh yeah she she is now a director and she directed uh two episodes this past season oh amazing the first thing she said when she got to set she got to set and she said um you know I, know, I feel like I know you guys because I see your faces all day long in the editing room because she's the editor. And she goes, and I hate that I'm half of the stuff that people, you know, see, They'll never. the other half they'll never see. So they see half of the stuff that we did in the other half. She's like, it's such like a, it's like a real Sophie's choice. Like, it's like it ends up in the editing room floor because, not because it's bad, it's because there's no time. Like, there's just right. no time. And I remember her saying that she was so dev- She was devastated because she couldn't use everything. And so now that you pitched that show idea, actually, I think we have five seasons already pre-recorded. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, like um,
0: t- structured improv is really difficult. To, you know, it's such a feat because um, I think a lot of people think of, you know, they, they'll think of like when they think of improv, they'll think of improv games or it's just like, Oh, you just kind of go for until there's like a really strong joke and then you get out. But to to improvise within the structure of a story and know that you you still kind of have to land in a certain area because this because you have to serve the overall arc of the story and play within those boundaries this is is a real that's a whole other level of of improv
1: yeah it's uh i mean i've taken improv like you know my whole life um well not whole life but like you know growing up i did improv and um, but never really kind of thought that I would make a, a show or a career out of doing a lot of improv. And that was never my mindset. Cause I think it, when I was just starting to audition uh, they were just starting to like, say, you know, Oh, um, must be good at improv. Like that was like a, a note that was added um, in the last, like, I would say decade of like, you know, of d- doing film and TV and stuff. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. Cause that's my, that's my jam. Like that's where I like thrive. And I love to do that. Cause I remember going to auditions where that was not, like acceptable like it's like stick to the script that's exactly what we wrote which i get because you know a writer wants you know their story being told the way they wrote it which makes sense because that's the way the story was written but for me i was just like if i can get on a show that i can just like i know the character and i can breathe with the character and i can just improv and this is that show this is the show where like the it's it's so liberating to like have you know jermaine tell us like all right now do how you would do it you know and it's like oh Okay, like I would do it. It's like, yeah, you know where we're going. You know, we're going from A to B. So just get there. Just how would that character get there? And you get this freedom, and just like you feel like your your wings are like expanding. You're like I'm free. You know, and it's like I can fly. And I would say the combination of improv and scripted fifty fifty is what you see in the final product for the show. That's great. And and Jermaine is such a flawless
0: performer himself that he obviously understands. I mean, the you know the the I I know I've told the story on the podcast before, but it. But the, the, the lack of ego in this sort of, in the, in the Brett and Jermaine camp of Flight of the Concords and how I, I have so much, I'm in awe and have so much respect for, you know, when they came here to the States, they had done the BBC radio show, like they had been touring as Flight of the Concords for years. And so when they came to the States and did the HBO show, they were so, like they really had it down. But never, he they like, they never really seemed to compromise what they wanted to do in exchange for, like, the glitz of entertainment. Like, I, I remember when they, he, when the, he'd when he said when they got the call that the HBO show got picked up, they were like, good news, your HBO show got picked up. They were like, oh, uh, we're eating. Can you call us back later? Like, they just don't, <laughs> like, it just doesn't, they, they doesn't seem to make decisions based on, the Hollywood machine. He really seems to make decisions based on what do I like? What do I think is funny? You know, uh, he, he was great on Legion. Like he's just, he's, he, he's just someone who seems to really, and Tyka who just really find the specific thing that they love and they make the shit out of it. And it's wildly original and unique. And that is, I think, inspiring to, to have that level of, of um knowledge about your kind of comedy voice
1: yeah i i i was just talking to Jermaine about this that i'm always you know i'm always in awe like he's so talented and just watching him direct he's also an amazing writer but he's a great performer like i mean i always have to like double take when i see him in something that i didn't know he was in because <laughs> his characters are so like i mean all the stuff that he's played you know like it's just like oh hey, that's Jermaine, and it's like even if i hear his voice in like a you know animation or something I'd be like wait is that, it's like, that is, it's like one of those moments where like, that's a great thing for an actor where like, they're so great and a chameleon, you know, they just like transform into different characters that like you never know that's the actor playing that yes. character. It's yes. character. Um, I know with Taika as well, like they're just so brilliant. And you know, they're, you're right about the whole thing. They don't really go by the Hollywood rules. Like I remember, you know, when I, uh, I, I got the audition to, to, to be a part of this by accident, I went to a wine and cheese night and I met someone at the wine like, night who's, um, they were Gary Bash's fiance at the moment. And they were like, you're really funny. The next day she texts me, she got my number from the the, the, the host. And I was like, I don't know who this person is, but okay. And it's like, <laughs> I'm really good. Like, I was like, I'll go with the flow. You know, it's like, and apparently they were moving quickly. They've auditioned for three months. And this is early January, two years ago. And they were in London auditioning for Guillermo's and for the vampires. And and uh, at the last minute, I, I swooped in audition. And they said, yeah, you're going to test. And I was like, great, I'm going to test. And then weeks went by and I didn't test. And I kept getting this phone call from like a 16 digit number on a Sunday. And it was MLK weekend. It was a holiday on a Monday. And so I was like, who keeps calling me on a Sunday? And it's December. I'm not going to answer it. And then finally, my sister, after I was with my sister, she said, just pick up the fucking phone. And I was like, I, think, I don't know who it is. I was like, just pick up the fucking phone. And I picked up the phone and I was like, hello. I was like, hey, is this Javi? And I was like, yeah. I was like, hey, it's Jermaine Taiga. You auditioned for us and you're, you're Guillermo. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm testing for you, Mr. Waititi. I'm, I'm going to test. He's like, no, we'll see you on set. Holy shit. And I I had to call my agents and tell them that I booked it. That See, that makes <laughs> me love them even more because they must understand
0: that certain parts of the traditional process aren't always necessary. It's like, do we really have to, fo- you know, like we know we like these people. Do we have to just do this dance where we put them in a room so executives can sit there with their arms folded and go, hmm? although I do have to say the folks at FX seem pretty great. Like they seem-
1: No, FX has been really cool. And like the, you're right about that. They're one of the few networks that I worked for that um, they know what the, the creative team is doing and they give them pretty much the freedom. So it's like, they knew the Tiger and Jermaine, you know, uh, had this vision and they had done it before with the film. And um, and it was just, uh, they let them go with it. And it's just like, it's great to have that because the, the final product is what you see. And people are like, how come this is so cool and different and it feels so fresh? And it's like, because, you know, there's not that many like people overshadowing each other and telling right. the, too many chefs in the kitchen, telling like, no, well, I think... It's like let them do what they know what they're doing, and the final product will. And in the final product, we trust. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because what what can happen a lot is when there are so many uh, cooks in the
0: kitchen, everyone's got to give a note so they can be like, well, I did my job, I gave a note, and they're like, well. Was that note necessary or was it, you know, necessary for you to look like you're doing something? And, you know, like... I'm busy. See, I'm busy. Type, 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 type. <laughs> I'm, I'm typing. See, I'm. You know, you're I just slapping your hands on the keyboard. I have a note.
1: These aren't even my real hands. <laughs>
0: Look! Look! I'm working. No, you're not even articulating. You're just you're just. That, I think one of those things is a hook. No, it's not. Yeah, that's not even a, That's not even attached to anything. Your keyboard's not plugged in. What the fuck? You know. But everyone everyone just wants to look busy and wants to kind of like look see. I'm I'm contributing. But it 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 just seems like time and time again, some of the best and most original things are the things where the creative team that was hired is entrusted to be the creative team and to to carry out their vision. I know it doesn't always work, but I do feel like the majority of time when something so fresh and original, like your show comes along, it's like, oh yeah. Because the creative team, it was kind of intact, you know? Like they, they got to make it the way that they envisioned it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm, i you know, and like you said earlier, it was it was kind of a little intimidating. I hadn't seen the film yet. I had heard about it and I it was on cue to watch on my Amazon. <laughs> and I waited until it was on Amazon. I was like, I'm going to watch this. And uh, I'm glad I didn't watch it until after I auditioned because I was so like, this is brilliant. Like, this is so good. And then I was like a little bit intimidated. I was like, oh, no. I was like, oh, God, I hope I, I, hope I did it good enough. And I was like, oh, no. It's like, because this is so great. But you're right about the, there are two different things that in the same world, but they're two different. Um, worlds you know it's like it's like two in one and it's so nice because we have our own werewolves and we have our own witches and we have you know uh, necromancers and like all that and trolls and and so there's all these things happening at the same time all over the world you know there's also like the spinoff in New Zealand as well and so like it's just a paranormal activity or uh, Wellington paranormal sorry. I didn't even know about that there's a a spinoff of this show in New Zealand well, no, the original movie had, remember those cops that were like- Oh, in the right, 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 so right. they got a spinoff. The cops have their own show. It's called Wellington Paranormal. So like it's Holy literally- Holy
0: shit. I got
1: to fucking turn on the VPN
0: and make my computer think I'm in New Zealand so I can- <laughs> Is it available in the States, Wellington? It, uh, I
1: think I think Jermaine had mentioned it was probably going to come to the States soon, but you could probably do that, do the TV thing. Uh, but it's, uh, it's literally New Zealand and it's on its second season and it was a spinoff. So there's all these like- stories that are going all over the world so at the same time we're happening you know shadows the movie happened but also there's wellington you know happening so there's it's nice to know that there's maybe in the future all of these might cross into each other's world a universe you know. there's a there's a yeah. universe yeah it's kind of it's amazing and i i'm glad that you know at first we we're a little well i was a little worried that people were going to try to compare us to the movie and and obviously you know the, you don't want to take something that's so precious to people because you're not you know we're not trying to replace like mom and dad like we come right. in and we're like no 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 i'm just like you know we're the we're like the cousin mm-hmm. and like we're just visiting at the barbecue we're not trying to replace your dad you're not trying to replace your mom you know it's like i'm just the cool uncle visiting you know it's like yeah. it's fun. and uh and so i'm really glad that the audience really kind of has taken you know to the show and really uh loved it the way that it is and it's its own thing and accepting it as, as its own thing
0: well it's because you know it I, I really do think something that's just for comedy's sake can work, but that really that missing element is the sort of the heart of the story. Like they are a dysfunctional family and at the core of it, as awful as everyone is to each other, they really are, or they're at least codependent, but they at least get, but everyone, there, there's really something sweet about their, about the relationship of the show, even as toxic as they can be with each other. And particularly um you know, your, your relationship, it's like, there is definitely, I mean, would you say it's like a, it's sort of like a father and son, but also sort of,
1: um, I don't know. a combination of things. I always compare it to like, people asking, what's your relationship? What is happening there? Because sometimes it's like, it's been through a lot. It's been, you know, (laughs) what you just said. And also feel like sometimes it feels like, Mr. Burns and Smithers uh, <laughs> and, and sometimes it feels like, um, you know, Annie and Daddy Warbucks traveling, you know, touring company. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it, it's also, there's so many emotions that go with that because we have to remember that Guillermo's the only human. And as humans, what makes us different from vampires, as the research that I've done, is that we have emotions and we're human and we're, we have, we're goal-oriented and we um, have aspirations and it's All these things that uh, Guillermo has to go through because the vampires. I mean, what's ten years to them? You know, right? Uh, they're you know, and what's ten years to a mortal? You know, right. like for a more, it's like please hurry up. Like my clock is ticking. Like you know, and I want to like become a vampire at a young, beautiful age where I can at least you know feel uh, great and powerful and like you're. You know, and, and I feel like for for Guillermo, his like trajectory in the last few seasons has been like a roller coaster. Of emotions because he's discovering who he is or what he wants to be what he thought he was meant to be but maybe he's meant to do something else and all a while not keeping a secret from his housemates who he loves he loves these houses he protects them literally kills a whole vampiric council <laughs> <for them. laughs> and even at the end of killing a vampiric council the only thing that comes out of their mouth is like i don't give a shit what your name is we have to get our own dry cleaning and it's like <laughs> the idea that I just killed your assassins that were going to kill you and you don't even care. <laughs> they
0: don't, and that, and, and I, I do think there's something that's really, um, like the, almost this the science of the, um, the, the, the the kind of narcissism of infinite time, right? Where they don't, yeah, of course, you know, it's like that idea that they wouldn't really be able to value anything because everything is kind of like so many things are sort of meaningless to them that they just don't have to it is interesting the idea not to get all dumb about like a, you know like what's supposed to be a fun comedy show but the idea that if if time really were infinite what would you value and if 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 you had like if you were basically a time billionaire would you kind of be that way? Because it's like, oh, I don't know. It's like uh, yeah, in 10 years, it'll be something else. I don't care. This is all like, they've just seen so much and they've lived through so much and they have all this power. And so, you know, are they just sort of empty inside because, and, and yeah. they are, you know, like sort of bored and really only curious about dumb right. things because like, that's just their existence.
1: Yeah. And they could be jaded by like, exactly like you said, like they could be jaded by like centuries of like having immortality and they've lived through it. And it's like another century. <laughs> Bring a book. Yeah. 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 That boredom to like, you know, someone like who, who's a human who longs for that. You know, it's always like the idea of like the grass is always greener. You know what I mean? Like there's been like times where like, Oh man, I would give anything to live in Hawaii, you know, cause it's beautiful in paradise. And then, uh, you know, you could be in paradise but after three weeks you're like yeah i could go visit somewhere else you know what i mean like because <laughs> that's the mentality of like people you know you always longed t- to want something and once you get it then you, and what what happens are you content or you go like yeah this is nice but now i want that you know it's like you're always trying to one-up yourself to like you know make your goal and aspiration like a little bit higher so that's the danger i guess in humans you know we <laughs> are yeah. like literally always that and once you become a vampire you're like well what am i aspiring to be i'm I'm amazing. I'm sexy. I I drink blood. I have orgies. I think I'm good. You know, it's yeah.
0: like, what are your yeah, Nothing can really hurt me, nothing you know, but, me. But, but the idea that uh, um the grass is always greener thing is really funny because I, uh, I was talking to someone about it and I said, yeah, but the thing about, the grass is always greener. It may be greener on the other side of the fence, but the one thing that's not different is you. So you, what will be, you know, you will still be you on the other side of that fence. Like that grass isn't going to make you different. It's going to be you. (laughs) So that is, and I I think that's always the thing with with most sort of vampire lore, or at least sort of contemporary vampire, modern vampire lore is, you know, make me a vampire, make me a vampire bite. Oh my God. I wish I weren't a vampire. Like there's Why always, did you do this to me. Why'd you make me a vampire? Yeah, exactly. You said you wanted, I, I, how could I have known? <laughs> it was a metaphor. Here he is. You don't, you just don't understand me. <laughs> that's, like, that's like interviewing the, the movie interview with a vampire where he makes him a vampire. And then within a week, they're just skulking around that, you know, mansion in new Orleans. It's like,
1: yeah. It's like, isn't this what you wanted? It's like, yeah, when I thought it was cool. It looked cooler in the brochure. (laughs) Now when I'm here, I'm like, ugh. You're right. It's
0: like, oh, Hawaii looks great. Oh, my God. I got eaten alive by mosquitoes.
1: (laughs) Jellyfish. Oh, gosh.
0: God, I didn't know. Well, that was – I was watching a Twilight Zone episode last night, as I often do when I wake up at 3 in the morning. It was the one where this old couple runs this junk shop, and they find a genie in the bottle, and he grants their wishes. And of course, it's this sort of, you know, like every every wish has a consequence and goes horribly wrong. And the genie, they say, you're just a con man. And he's like, I'm not. I just, everything comes with a consequence. And we never think about consequences when we're idealizing, like, what one thing we think is finally going to make our lives perfect. You know, and it's like, you know, everything <laughs> has a consequence. Nothing, yeah. is, nothing is flawless.
1: <laughs> but I, I do love that. You know, I, I, for Guillermo, I feel like he's the audience. Like, we all go on this journey with him because we can only relate to him, you know? We can yeah. only relate to him and be like, well, what's that like? You know, I, oh, people, you know, always message me and they're like, I hate the way they treat you. If that was me, I'd be like, go fuck yourself. And I was like, see, everyone's been there. Everyone's been at a <laughs> job that they hate and they hate their, like, you know, a uh, boss. Or they've been in a relationship where one person is fully committed and the person's like, yeah, I'm okay, you know? And it's like, what? Well, it, it's not... Even Stevens, it's like the, there's so many different metaphors to like the relationship that Guillermo and Nando have that so many humans can you know relate to and compare themselves to. Where it'd be like oh. romantic, um, you know, or employee boss relationship, or even like an agent and you know client right. or something. Everyone can relate to the characters because the dynamic of that has been done for so many years all over the world. (laughs) So everyone can be like, ah, I've been there, was totally in love with my boss, and they didn't know it, and I couldn't be with them because, you know, the corporation.
0: (laughs) Well, but, but also, like, I feel like, you know, Guillermo does, there are these little subtle sort of looks to the camera where it almost sort of feels like Guillermo is saying, like, you're seeing this, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. I'm not crazy. You see
1: what I fucking go through. You, you're seeing this, right? Is someone seeing this? I'm glad that you said that because that's exactly why I look to the camera when I'm in Guillermo mode because he won't verbalize what he's thinking because he can't. Remember, he gets demerits for speaking out of turn, right. speaking out loud. So he can't afford to add another year of being a familiar to his like already long list of years. So whenever some, they say something that's stupid and ridiculous, instead of answering what we're all thinking, he just looks at the camera like, you saw this, right? Like, yeah. this is ridiculous, and it's, <laughs> you heard this, right? Like, this is just not me. But he I can't say it. it. And then, you know, if you notice on, you know, season two, you start seeing that he's two different people when he's around the mosquito collectors and, yeah. um, and those group of people and the, and the camera crew. And he's always different when he's around the camera crew on Confessionals 101, and when he's at work. Guillermo's totally different. He's submissive. He's like, you know, he's um, obedient. And like, uh, those are the, if you just, those are, there's smaller differences in Guillermo as like the scene progresses that if you look, he's a little bit different when he, uh, the way that he acts when he's different groups of parties or parties. And and the truth of the matter is
0: they wouldn't survive without him. Like they clearly would have been killed multiple times if Guillermo hadn't been there. So he's just, he's basically the underappreciated underdog (laughs) Yeah, in the heart and soul of it. But, but I do, I love, I love what you were talking about before about how he has this one idea for his path and what is starting to reveal itself without giving too much away for people who aren't caught up is that he's his, his true path might be something else that he, Seems like he's a resistant to, but might be kind of embracing. It'd be interesting to see in season three how that is all going to play out, how season two ended. But, but, but that idea of thinking you want something, thinking you want something, and then really starting to come to grips with like, oh, I, don't, I may have evolved. I don't know if that's me anymore or this might actually be what I should be doing. I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: I I agree. I think that, you know, I think we've all been there where we have an idea and a goal set for ourselves that we, you know, how our life's going to look. And people do that all the time. I remember like in high school, I would have friends who had already planned out their life, but they're like, I'm gonna be married by the time I'm 25. I'm gonna have my first kid by the time I'm 28. And I was like, you don't know that. It's like, I do know that. I do. (laughs) And it's like, okay. And it's like, but people plan because um, it's something to look forward to, right? And and when life throws you curveballs, you're like, this isn't what I planned. What's going on? It's like this, why does God hate me? You know, it's like, no, I think that it's just like the universe maybe directing in a different way, you know? And I remember that, you know, like really wanting something really bad or wanting a certain role that I was like, oh, this is my role. I really want it and not getting it and then being heartbroken and then looking at the final product and be like, ugh, and I was like, oh my gosh, thank God I didn't get that <laughs> because it like the way that the whole production and the overall, you know, product came out, I was like, oh my God, what was I thinking? Like in my head, I convinced myself that this is what I wanted. And then the universe is like, no, you don't. And it's like, no, I do, bitch. No, you don't. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Yeah. And and if you had gotten one of
0: other those, one of those crappy things that you were heartbroken about, you would not be on like the best comedy on television. Yes. So. And I was
1: thinking about that too, because there was a project that I got on for and I was like, Oh, this is so brilliant. It was right before I auditioned for this. And I was like, "Oh my god, and it's a you know series regular and like yada yada yada." And then I didn't get it. And I was like, "Oh man!" And then it left this window open. This happened like the week after I went for the audition. And then I booked this and got this, and then looked at that project. And the pilot was made, and it never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's like I would have been out of the running for this, and then you know it's like everything happens for a reason, and it's all kismet. And I'm a big believer in that. <laughs> no,
0: because you, you because this business is. Well, the, 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 the world is sort of, the world is out of control at the moment. Like this, this sort of security bubbles that everyone, you know, like, Oh, I can, you know, I can just go around and go to a restaurant, like even just going to restaurants like that security, like everything's upended right now. And so the entertainment business is a, um, is a much smaller, you know, less important version of that where we constantly, we have no control over how any of it works and the really, the only way to really emotionally survive it is to be able to just, not that you don't mourn things. Of course, sometimes you want something that doesn't work out or whatever, and it can be a bummer, but you really have to get good at just being like, I, for whatever reason, this didn't work out and everything let it change go. tomorrow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's a big lesson for, you know, a lot of actors and just, or artists in general, just because. You know, we're not used to that. Like growing up, you know, you're free spiriting, you're like wanting to like create and whatnot. But then when it becomes a business and like going to auditions, like I feel, you know, um, that actors hear more no's uh, in one week than most people will hear in a lifetime. Yeah. Because you constantly hear no for like, you know, I have a pitch idea, no, nah, we're good. Or I have an audition, you didn't get it. You got a call back, but you didn't get you know. So you hear no's a lot. And so it's it's not for the weak of heart and you know, you have to have a thick skin to be in this industry, I feel like, because right. you have to look at it like, okay, it was it was no today, but it might be yes tomorrow. And that can get hard after a while, you know, it's like, I know, and I'm sure, you know, like tons of friends who like are always hitting the pavement, auditioning for stuff. And, you know, sometimes they, they get a break and they're on a show for a short period and then it's slow again. And then, but that's, yeah. that's the business, right? So what you got to do is I feel like create content like, for yourself and create work. Yes. And now you can, because it,
0: you know, there was a time like when I, when I started in this business, um, <laughs> Back in my day. Back in my day. Soupy Back Sales
1: and I used to have a show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Back in the analog times. You know, you just, you couldn't, um, the, 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 you couldn't just go out and make stuff. It, it was very expensive. It was very difficult to do that. And now, and now people can. And so it, it is the idea of like pursuing stuff because you love it or doing things. And that's one of the things that I've, I respect so much about Jermaine and Taika is that they really seem to do stuff for themselves. And especially like, you know, yes, Brett and Jermaine are technically, they toured as comedians as a comedy, but it never felt like they needed the audience to love them so much. And every time I saw them perform, they killed, but it never, they never felt thirsty about it, you know? And it just felt like, Hey, this is the thing that we've worked on. This is the stuff that we do, you know, hope you like it. You know, like there was just always, um, there was just always a I don't know. There's a yeah. lot of desperation behind it, and right. I think is such a that's such a, a wonderful thing to achieve.
1: Yeah, because they they put what they believe in and out, and if you either accept it or you don't, they 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 probably have no regrets. They put exactly what they felt this was and all their creativity into it, and either you accept it or you don't. And and then at that moment, it's out of your hand. It's out of their hands. Like it's like it's yeah. on you. If you like it or not. But they know that they did the product the way to the best of their ability they wanted. That's what I love about the shows that when we shot the pilot, I remember thinking, um, if this doesn't get picked up, that'll be a shame. But if it, 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 if it doesn't get picked up, I will feel so proud of just the pilot because yeah. it was such like one of those moments where you're like, I feel like we put everything that we have, you know, as a team together on that, you know, presentation and, and it's, up, it's out of our hands. So at the end of the day, the network could have been like, we're not picking it up, you know, it's because their beliefs and their idea, right. and then they didn't like it. But it's one of those few moments as an actor where you're like, I'm proud of what we did and it's great, you know, well, actually not one of the few moments. I mean, that happens a lot, but you want to be proud of everything that you do and just put your best foot forward and hopefully somebody likes it and then they well, pick yeah. it up. Well, and if that hadn't, if for whatever reason it
0: hadn't gotten picked up, I guarantee you that you know, Tyker or Jermaine or other people who worked on the thing would go work on something else and go, you know what? Harvey was so great in the show and it's such a bummer that it didn't get picked up. Let's put him in this. Or, hey, I saw that pilot you did. That sucks that it didn't get picked up. It was so good. Why don't you come be in this other thing? You know, like right. you just don't ever, you just don't ever know, you know, no. there's so much that is out of our field of vision that we just don't know
1: you know how the universe is working. So yeah and that really good at that. proud of it. He's really Christian. good at working with people like, you know, we work with the original costume designer um from the movie. We work uh, with the same DP. We mm-hmm. work with the same um, you know, uh, Kristen Shaw came back and she worked with them on Fight of the Concords and like they work with people that they worked with before. You know, yeah. Matt Berry and Jermaine had worked on something. That's how he got the idea uh, you know, to ask Matt to be in it. Because uh, I think that was the only one that uh, the, the character was written for. Like that was already agreed. Like he was playing that character and all the other characters were up for grabs. And so like the, they do, you know, do a good job of working with people they want to work with and, and continue that uh, relationship, uh, not just on this project, but in future projects. So yeah, you're right. You never know. You just absolutely never know. Yeah. And you know,
0: comedy, comedy is a little specific in the sense that like, look, if I, I, I do have jokes that I do in my stand-up act that some of them, like there are a couple that they don't kill but I like them so I do them for me like I wouldn't do a <laughs> bunch of jokes that people didn't like or weren't enjoying because I just feel like oh well that's not that's not fun not for, for anybody you. it's for me <laughs> yeah but I do think I do hope that people now in our our kind of you know commodified like uh, heart button culture don't compromise the types of things that they think are fun or funny or that they like because if something gets a few less likes than something else, like, oh, I, that, this was a failure. It's like, no, if you really loved it and you enjoyed doing it, that doesn't mean that it, that it wasn't successful. It just means this other thing got more, and for whatever reason, this got less, but, but please don't abandon this chasing. I guess that's what I'm saying. I hope people don't abandon their sort
1: of artistic ideals to just chase likes, which is yeah. such an easy trap to fall in. No, you're right. I, I, I agree with you 100%. It should be like, create what you think is, like you just said, I, I say those jokes for me because I think they're funny. I like them. Yeah. And and then you you hopefully find someone that thinks they're funny too. You know, it's so like, just do it for you and do what you think is funny. And hopefully someone jumps on the wagon and be like, yeah, I do think that's funny as well. Because I yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, but
0: but comedy is also a relationship in your audience. So it's like, yeah. you, I, I do think there's a certain element of like knowing when to, oh, I should probably let this go because it just isn't, you know, but if you really in your gut really believe in something and you feel strongly about it and it's like no I know this is funny, or I know this is good I know this is you know then I don't know I just I would hope that a lot of good artists aren't being washed away by like chasing you know and and aren't being diluted by because you're never going to nothing is for everybody you know like right. it doesn't nothing is for everybody so I don't know um did you are you still doing your podcast for the show or do you only do that while the episodes are airing uh
1: so i I do that only for uh well the show's on the air we only started this season and it was kind of a last minute thing i only it's called before the shadows because we would do it an hour before the the east coast premiere uh every wednesday and it started off as like i'm just gonna add you know go on instagram live and add people uh who are my friends and like, you know, like the show or, or, or have been on the show. I had Haley Joel Osment on the first one. And, and the next, you know, a couple of days later, they're like, when's the next one next week? And it's like, Oh, I hadn't planned. <laughs> it was like a one time <laughs> premiere thing. And then I realized because, you know, that in the place that we are and have been the last couple of months, people were really, you know, eager to, to have content in front of them and, and stories and BTS of like the show and so then I was like, you know what? I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a full out. You know, it's like, so yeah. I, I did it and, and we, you know, got a website before the shadows.com and, you know, we stream simultaneously at the same, like with uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, so you can stream it anywhere in those platforms at the same time. So it's kind of like a cool uh, show that you can, you know, tune in every Wednesday. And if you miss the show, cause you know, the time zone, people are like in Australia or whatnot around the world in London. They're like, I can't watch it. Cause it's at four in the morning at my time. And I was like, that's okay. I'll go straight to a website and you can go to the website and all the episodes are there. So that was all done with like me just having that time available <laughs> and it was a lot of work and I had my sister come on board and help produce it. And we wouldn't have a, you know, company meeting on a Monday and like talk about our guests that week and pull up clips of that guest past work and do a little, uh, you know, montage of their work. And uh, we had Doug Jones and we, man, Doug Jones' career. It was just like, you know, it's still it. It's just like so much stuff, you know? So um, it was just nice to like, just uh, do it for the fans. And and I, I would love to do it again next year. <laughs>
0: what, what else do you want to, like, what do you want to do? Like, do you have sort of, do, do you have sort of like a broad sweeping like I want to try to do this kind of thing and this kind of thing and these kind of roles and write this kind of thing and direct this. Like, what's what is your, um, what 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 is your, what is your dream board look like?
1: Yeah, I feel like I want to do. Um, you know, I, I like putting on different hats, and like I just recently started producing stuff, and and being a producer is a totally different, <laughs> you know, role and making sure that everyone's there, everyone's like paid on t- like all that stuff is like whoa. So it makes me appreciate when I do get a role as an actor because I know how hard everyone's working to make it work, you know? And so I've done everything. Like I've been like, you know, writing, producing, acting. And so like, it's just, I want to do like the whole thing, you know, I want to do like everything uh, possible, but I want to create more. So I'm like, you know, writing and pitching shows right now um, with my writing partner, Jamie Holt. And it's just nice to put on different hats And the way that I always make fun of us working together with my writing partners is that, I can't get the actor out of me so when we're writing like i have to act out the scene (laughs) so then it's like oh and then he comes in the door and he goes like what are you doing here and then she goes no no please and then it's like i knew it and it's like i have to like do it in the voice and then she won't have it any other way so even when she writes like her pages and stuff she goes like okay let's have it let's have a read through (laughs) and then it's just (laughs) me playing all the parts (laughs) it's just like well when i wrote it i thought you were gonna say it like this. So it's kind of funny to, um, you know, but it works. It works because, you know, you got you to gotta be able to know what everyone's job is on set to be able to try to do everyone's job, you know, right. and try to create that um, piece of work. And so uh, I, I actually uh, commend everyone who does it, like, like seamlessly, like if people I know are, who are producers and um, slash, you know, also do acting and writing, like they can do it all. So that's uh, the goal for me is like, I want to do everything. And do
0: you, do you envision a, when everything can sort of starts to normalize a bit, do you envision a calendar where you, you know, like you are an actor on this show for a cup for a few months, then you jump over and you're producing and writing something else. And then you jump over and then you're, you know, like, I don't know, making a podcast. Like, do, do you really, do you want to sort of, um, spread out your year and kind of do a different thing each time? Is that sort of, would that, would that kind of be the ideal?
1: Yeah. Um. And it's funny that you said that because that's kind of the way that it's been scheduled out. By accident, actually, this last season was uh, on my hiatus of season one and uh, between season one and two. Um, I produced uh, The Filth, which is um, this web series, and it's uh, it's really cool, and all the lead characters are queer, and, like, it was just nice because I also want to create content that's not being created. You know, it's like there's not a lot of, uh, of um, you know, content for, um, queer characters. And so I wanted to create that. And then also in that same line, writing for people of color, you know, and so writing projects that really uh, resonate with me and also give the opportunity because it, there's, there's always been, uh, as we all know, there's always been a gap between, um, that opportunity for people of color and people who are queer and transgender. And it's just like, there's so many, uh, talented people out there um, who have to fight that obstacle of just given the opportunity. And so for me, it was a, a mission that if I'm working on something as an actor and I, you know, got a job and it's steady and I'm working, then I want to create content for my fellow, you know, lesbians um, and artists who haven't been seen yet.
0: That's such a beautiful way to use the, the sort of the position that you're getting now is be able to create not just not just content that you want to see, but content that is really important um, for 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 society, like really important for culture and to elevate other voices that don't get to be elevated and that I mean I you know when you when you sort of someday you know whatever fifty years from now, and you look back at your career and you look back and you're like, "Wow, I really did something that was meaningful and not just pursue a career as an actor just for myself or just try to win awards for myself. Like the fact that right. you're already trying to create stuff for other people to elevate other people. Like it's this, this to me sounds like you're on such an amazing path. And I, I, I don't know, I'm very excited to see what you, what the, what the next five years will look like for you because yeah. especially cause what we do in the shadows, I, I really do think season three is usually about the time when something really tips and it's people already know what it is, but I just mean like when it really becomes a thing is usually around, you know, season three of the Simpsons around season three of like Rick and Morty, like there are early adopters who know, and then everyone else catches on. And I think that's where shadows is. And so I think you're going to have a lot more options and a lot more opportunities. So I love that you're already figuring out how to use that responsibly.
1: Yeah. And it's also funny that you said that because at the same time, you know, like you said, you're doing this and using your platform for, you know, trying to create content and and, and, uh, uplift other artists as well. But at the same time, you're on your own, you know, uh, journey of like, um, someone just brought the attention and we're talking about the Emmys and stuff. And they're like, you know, that'd be great at the show. I want to get the show nominated first Mm -hmm. and foremost. And they're like, but if you get the nomination for supporting actor, you'll be the first Latinx person to ever be nominated. Oh my gosh! Category, and I said that can't be true. I was like, no, like the full, like your full Latinx, like both my parents are from Mexico, and and also the fact that you're queer, like it has never been done. And I was like, in in the history, and it's like that's insane. Like I was like, I mean, the idea of just like the Latinx, like like I was like, we've come this far, we've never nominated someone who. It was like that's crazy, you know. Um, but you know, I think that like the, the closest we got was like Fred Armisen was nominated in 2016 and his mom's like, uh, from Venezuela, I think it, is. yeah. But like, it was just like, it blew my mind that it has been no other, you know, it's like that blew my mind. And I was like, that's crazy. So as, as much as I'm doing like work to try to create work, it's also like, I'm on this journey of like, wow, there's still so many doors that I have to kind of get through, right. you know, just myself, just to like, right another step further. And so it blew my mind and I was like crazy. So F F Y C. Well, I, I, it's, it would be very well deserved. I really hope it happens, but, but, but the more,
0: like when your water level rises, it will raise all of the things that you want to do and it will raise all of the opportunities for other people as well. And so it's, you know, again, it's, 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 it's just amazing that you're this, that you're already planning and thinking and writing and trying to, make sure that you can manifest these things. So, I mean, I, I have very little doubt that you'll do it. Um, it, I think eventually it'll just sort of, you know, like the, the thing that you'll really have to wrestle with is like, which thing do I devote my time to, you know, like, because you'll have, you'll, you'll have these moments where you have a lot of options at once, but you only have so much energy in your body. So how do you, how do you responsibly? How can you delegate? How can you make sure that everything is being serviced properly and with care and with love? And so it's like that. Yeah. That that will be. That's also for like the next five years. It'd be interesting to sort of see that evolution process too. I you you should definitely you should definitely come on the podcast every so often if you want to to just sort of. I really want to check in. I'm very invested in your career, so uh, <laughs> so I, I would love to see how it all because it's 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 going to be such a unique journey now like as a content- like the
1: whole trajectory of it. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 as a creator as well as an actor and the balance of those things and and being able to to do all of it.
1: Yeah, I mean with the time that we shoot the show like, you know, we shoot one episode in 4 days. Oh my gosh. But so we shoot the show uh in a little bit under 3 months. So it's kind of uh it's kind of, uh, we cram it in, but it's actually great because then we have nine months out of the year to do anything we want to do, you know? So we actually go to work for three months straight and it's like 15 hour days, nonstop, nonstop working. And then when you're done, you sleep for like two weeks. (laughs) You sleep for like two weeks and you're exhausted. But then when you come to, you realize I have nine months to do other projects, create, write, produce. So it's like the best Gig, it's like a blessing. It's like the you know we get to create such great work and a really compact you know um, time and 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 then have the rest of the year to to devote to other projects.
0: Is there? Have they announced a season three yet?
1: Or yeah, we were picked up for season three. Okay. Yeah, I season. would be shocked if I, yes, I <laughs> that was the case. No, we we got picked up. I think right now we're trying to figure out where or when we could shoot because of the state of the the world um and how to do it safely you know because it's different um you know they've everyone's been giving out those like you know uh requirements for different studios and manuals of like how to like uh proceed with like shootings like oh well it'd be great if actors did their own hair and makeup and stuff but we're like a show with a lot of prosthetics you know they have the, the fangs they have hair they have pasty skin they also have uh, you know, trolls and, and, and witches and all these things that people need to work on, you know? Um, cause I don't know if there's like a how to video on how to make yourself a witch with prosthetics and do it right. <laughs>
0: yeah, and there's also so many, you know, there, there's so many, um, uh, there's so much, so many crew folks who it's like, how do, you know, it's such a business of proximity yeah. Right. It's like people, especially if it's not like a massive, 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 you know, $200 million production, everyone's, you know, like really clustered together.
1: Yeah. You know, you're sort
0: of moving around, especially if you're moving around and shooting an episode in a couple of days. Like to, to, to do that from a distance, you know, like how can we keep our hair, makeup people employed and the lighting people and the sound people and how can we keep everyone safely employed? How do we reconfigure a business that? is sort of built on everyone's just smushed together in a small space for a 15 hours, like you said, and then that's it. And, uh, and hopefully we'll, uh, hopefully we'll figure it out. Like some productions are starting to go back and, and kind of testing the waters,
1: but it's yeah. you know, a little bit of a question mark at this point. Yeah. So I think right now we're like on the standstill, which is okay. I'd rather be safe than, you know, sorry. And right. but I think we'll figure it out. I think we're, you know, um, we're just resilient as like human beings and we always find a way. So we adapt and we'll just adapt. That's the improv in
0: you, you know, like the, the improv people are so good at adapting. I mean, those, you, you don't just learn improv and then not unconsciously take it out into life. Like that's (laughs) that's what you're trained to do is you're trained (laughs) to think fast, make left and right turns, pivot, you know, like take something and make it work
1: and, that training must follow you into the world. It does. And I feel like uh, the whole idea and this is like, you know, kind of, it goes without saying the yes and mm-hmm. like, you know, it's just, uh, it's just, uh, it's just much easier to, you know, be optimistic and, and, uh, and glass half full, you know, as opposed to, because you can get, you can drown in a, in a cup of water, you know, yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you choose to, if you allow yourself to. And so like you make the choice and the conscious choice to be positive and optimistic. And it's just better. It's just, it is better that way. And things uh, you'll feel better at the end and um, things will work out the way they're going to work out and, and, and you'll feel better.
0: (laughs) Well, and not only that, but if you, but, but if you can figure out how to cultivate a yes and mentality, you will also see opportunities that you may not have seen otherwise you know, if you were sulking and your head
1: was down and yeah. you weren't looking forward. Oh yeah. I've, got, I've, I've I've made a career actually out of doing roles that weren't right for me because I literally, I remember doing, um, I had just done an audition for the internship, the movie with Vince Vaughn Owen Wilson. And I knew that character wasn't right for me. Like I knew it wasn't right for me, even though I could make it my own. I was like, I'm just going to go in there and do it how I would do it. Mm-hmm. And I did. And the director knew Sean Levy was there and like, um, who's you know gone and produced like everything like stranger things and like you know everything and so like he just was laughing on the floor hysterically laughing and I felt good about the audition but I knew I didn't get the part like I just knew that I didn't get it but I was like he was laughing on the floor and I did my job and I left and I was I was optimistic I was like well he liked it sure enough you know a couple weeks later I was in New Orleans shooting something else and they called and they said that he wrote a part for me in the film Oh man, that's amazing. And he wrote the part for me in the film and I was like, great. He's like, it's a small part. It's like two lines. I was like, oh, cool. I'll just fly to Atlanta and come back and finish this film here in New Orleans. And they're like, no, no, no. He wants you there for two months. And I was like, for two lines? And it's like, because you're now part of the villain team, but you're the only good guy in the villain team. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. And so if you look at the movie, I'm in the whole movie, but I don't say a word <laughs> until the end. <laughs> but that—that that is... You know, like there, there
0: was an opportunity that, you know, in the wrong hand, someone could have told, "Oh, this is dumb. I shouldn't go up for this. I'm never yeah. going to get this." Or uh, I'll try to, I'll try to force myself to do what I yeah. think they want. Yeah, and you sort of embracing like this is who I am. This is what I would do with this. This is this is what I believe in.
1: I mean, and- that, that's a really bold move you know it's, it's kind of gone me through my whole career because the same thing happened with guillermo guillermo was 20 years older so when i met this person at a wine and cheese party in a party and the next day she said she sure, for my fiance's new show i looked at the script and i was like he's 20 years older and he's just like oh yeah I was like but you know do it your way And so I wasn't even right for Guillermo. He was 20 years older than I am. And it's like, it was not right for me. And I went in there and I was like, I have to go in there because my mentality was I wanted to meet Allison Jones, casting director. Right. Got in for her. And I was like, I have to meet her. I have to. I love everything in the office, bridesmaids, like you name it. Like she's cast everything that I love. And so I went to the office, like, gonna meet Allison Jones. And then I was like, I'm here to meet Allison. And they're like, she's not here. And I was like, no. And they're like, Mr. Guillermo. And I was like, sorry, no. And so I auditioned with Ben, who's wonderful, the casting associate there. And um, I just remember that I, I didn't care at that moment. I was like, I'm just going to do what I think Guillermo would be like at my age and at my current state and everything. And I just remember when I did it, I didn't remember the audition. I just remember looking at, at Ben. He goes, you're done. And I was like, oh, sorry. Thank you. And I, I walked out. He goes, Harvey, wait. And I was like, oh, he's going to say I did a great job. The microphone. <laughs> and he took, so i've done a career out of like going for parts that are not right for me like and it, it just always happens it's just the way that things work out but i go in every time even if the role's not right for me quote-unquote i go in and make it for me and make it and make it the best that i can to my ability
0: and and the thing that's really genius about that is I mean, not only do you just feel more connected to what you're doing and you can be proud of your work and like those are very, those are obviously very important things. But also, you know, from their point of view, they're probably watching a ton of people go in and try to do what they think the producers want to see. And so they see the same thing over and over and over and over again. And so when you go in and you have such a a strong take on a character it must be refreshing for them to be like, Oh my God, like, even if it's not, even if they're like, well, this wasn't right for this particular role, but Holy shit, you got to surprise us and you got to, you got to bring us something new and, and give us a bit of fresh air from this kind of sameness that we had been seeing over and over and over again. You know, if it doesn't work out for this, we're going to keep our eye on you. And then this like, you know, write something for you or immediately call you in for something else, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That is, were you always that way?
1: I I feel like I, there was a moment where I did a, a, a switch because for when I first started uh, auditioning, I I would try to do that. I was trying to like, oh, it says that he's this, this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I was trying to fit what a mold was that Hollywood is, you know, placing. And then it was pretty early on in my career that I was like, you know what? I'm not going to fucking fit a mold. Not not in my, like, you know, not in not in my body, not in my mind. I'm not going to fit a mold. I know I'm not fitting someone else's mold. So that's when I decided that i I'm already a mold. This is who I am. This is what I'm presenting. So wherever I go into a room, you either want to work with this mold and this person and this character, or you don't. And at the end of the day, that's okay because there's different products out there and you can go buy the one you want and like hire the one you want, but this is all I have to offer. And so either you want to work with it and you love it or you don't, and that's okay. So I have to learn early on to, you know, because, you know, being, you know, uh Latinx being, uh, you know, short and stout. Like these were all like what, what past professors that I had would actually say were all strikes against me. Oh, man. And to hear that these were strikes when in reality, these were all my strengths. Right. And so to hear that, you know, because my professors have been taught by Hollywood and old Hollywood, what the mold was, yeah. right? And I remember having a person was like, are you going to lose the weight a little bit? And it was like, and having a discussion about me He's like, because if you lose a little bit, like you'd be a leading man. And I was like, I feel like I can be a leading man now. Yeah. Well, it's like, because traditionally that's what they had been told by Hollywood. And so what's happening now is there's a shift where like, it's like, you can see leading men be a little, you know, uh, extra pounds on them. And what is extra pounds? You know, what is an average body? What is a normal, you know, a height? Uh, skin color, like what are these things that you're making the traditional way of seeing a star, uh, uh, an actor on TV must look like this. It's like we've been fooled to think that that's the way things are supposed to look because right. someone allowed it. So now it's time to reclaim that and reshape the mold. Well, that's a beautiful statement and, and also I think it, it,
0: it should hopefully make people realize like it's not about fitting that aesthetic mold but a leading character is a strong character. It's a mm-hmm. character who, you know, knows who they are, has resolve and, and strength. And that's, that's, those are the leading, you know, like those are the magnetic qualities. And you have, you have that and you've, you've cultivated that. And so you absolutely can do those things and you're proving it. And, and I hope that it, I hope that it shows other people, you know, performers like don't don't worry about like people are always going to be quick to tell you what you can't do. Oh, it's not going to work. But it's like, you know, you don't have to listen to that. You, you can listen to you and, and take all those things that people might say, like you said, or strikes against you. It's like, no, that's what makes you special. That's what makes you unique. That's what makes you strong. That's what makes you interesting, you know? And, and I hope that people realize that, um, that they are, uh, that they are, just unique and special the way that they are, you know? Yeah, absolutely. What are you going to do now with the next few months? <laughs> <laughs> are you continuing to write? And you're,
1: uh, you I, am writing, to to I am writing. Uh, I'm writing right now, but I'm also working. I started a new project uh, doing um, an anim, animated series. So I'm doing uh, voice recording for that, which is really safe. And I go into the studio and, and the door opens and no one's in the hallways and no one's in the building and you go straight to your room and it's been sanitized. You bring your own headphones, you put on your headphones and the director pops up on a TV and the engineer is behind the glass window and, and you never, you know, have to interact with anyone physically and you do a recording and then go home.
0: Yeah, animation right now is a real sweet gig because yeah. like, like the artists can work from home and you can mm-hmm. do voiceover. Technically, you could do it from your home. And so that's a real, that's a great... Well, are you allowed to say what you're working on the animated show you're working
1: on? Not yet, but
0: okay.
1: it's pretty cool. I'm excited.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've gotten to work on some great stuff. We also, we were fans of The Magicians too.
1: Oh yeah, that was another story. I auditioned for that not well i was in toronto filming a movie and um my my then uh manager said hey put yourself on tape for this they're having producer session and a light tomorrow for magicians and it shoots in toronto uh, not toronto vancouver sorry vancouver and i said cool and i was like i put myself on tape and then they, he called me right back and said you know what they said forget it they have options in la so they'll think of about you for something else i was like no but i'm really right i think i'm right for this role and i said wait they shoot in vancouver that means by sag regulations they have to have an office in Vancouver and so I was like can I go audition for the office there and he's like of course you would think of that so he got me an appointment to the (laughs) Vancouver office and I go into the Vancouver office audition and they sent the tape to the producers um which over the heads of the casting directors in LA and they had to call the casting office in LA and be like we found a guy in Vancouver (laughs) and they go oh really who and they're like Harvey Guillen and they're like oh and they had just told me not to audition (laughs) that's hilarious
0: I mean, again, you know, it's like you, I I think sometimes when people come into this business, I think like I'm going to get an agent and then everything's going to be great. And then they're just going to send me out. But to, you know, like as many successful people as I've had the privilege of talking to one of the common denominators is most of them like, yeah, you fucking have to like take a bit of charge and you have to create the opportunities and you have to kind of make your own luck and you have to make the things that you want to see. And that it doesn't, it, it rarely just happens at you.
1: Yeah, I always never understand when I, I talk to a fellow like a- actor and they're like, oh, I haven't talked to my agent in a couple of months and hasn't returned my call. And I was like, he's not thinking about you. <laughs> like, if you think that your age, you're what? It's like when I hear people say, I'm dating someone out of the country. They I send them money and they <laughs> I didn't FaceTime them um, because they're shy. So they never want to talk on FaceTime. But look at all these pictures. And it's like, I don't think you're in a relationship. I think yeah. you're you're blinded to the I fact think that you you're think an ATM
0: to... I think you. yeah
1: and it's like so I always th- I always tell my you know actor friends are like no you you your agent has to be in love with you if you're not if they're not in love with you because you're always bragging about the love of your life right and so they're not in love with you and they're always pitching you to someone but like i let me tell you about my client you know right. that's love and but they if they can't return your phone call and they don't even remember that you're still a client you're not in a marriage right. <laughs> you're the, right you're a side you're a side piece <laughs> and you need to go find someone <laughs> who makes you like you know marriage material
0: you know what I really hope you do I, I really really hope that whenever you feel like you have time I, I you know maybe there's a particularly during quarantine I hope you give talks because <laughs> you, you know you're only 30 which is like you still have accumulated Way more wisdom than I had when I was at 30. But you also have such a great perspective, not just on the business, but also on the sort of like how to do it in a positive and constructive and responsible way. And, and I think a lot of people who maybe have been told by the traditional Hollywood machine, oh, here's a strike, here's a strike, here's a strike. I feel like you could come in and really affect people in a positive and very meaningful way that would show them like, you know, your strikes are your strengths. And um, here's how I navigated these different things. And here's how, because even just the advice that your agent has to be in love with you. And even just knowing that like, you still kind of have to, you also kind of have to give them stuff to work with. You, know? you wouldn't have gotten the magicians if you hadn't known, they must have an office in Vancouver. How did you know that? Well, because you took a particular interest to learn those things. Those aren't things that I think are always intuitive to performers coming into the business of like, you can take control of more than you think you can. And I just think, I think you, I think you could help so many people um, if it was something that you, you know, considered doing every so often
1: already. That's definitely something that uh, I've been approached to do. Like, you know, so there's something that in there that I love, you know, if I can just tell a story of like where I came from and that encourages someone to like, you know, uh, go after their dream, then, then by all means, I will tell my story over and over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry that you didn't get to
0: go to Comic-Con this year. I really, I, I think know. you probably
1: would have seen more than a few
0: Guillermos on the floor.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I saw a couple last year, but which I was surprised because it was our first season. I was like, no one's going to dress up like us. And and, it, and there they were. And I was like, wow. But I did get to see some at Dragon Con last year. Oh, cool. Uh, we so so much like detail like into the the pattern like finding the actual pattern that you know guillermo or the vampires like the actual prints that are so hard to find like going out of your way to find those i was like we have the best fans and um and i thank them for like watching the show and everyone who does watch so because uh you know it's all for them and it's all because of them (laughs) um i i really can't thank you enough this has been so great and again
0: it's just when lydia said oh you know um Harvey and I kind of became friends on Instagram it was like, holy shit. Uh, cause we, we been watching, we, we've been watching shadows since like episode one. Um, and it is, it is one of the shows that we don't binge watch. We watch it like as it airs. Um, it's part of our, you know, it's one of our, it's one of our little marriage rituals is watching, is watching <laughs> your show and, um, uh, and I, but we've only actually I think met in person one time. I think we just met at Comic
1: Con. At Comic Con, yeah. But yeah. then I felt like I already knew you guys. I felt like, oh we know each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the thing with social media is like you become friends and um but we also share mutual friends, you know. So the time was more like it's only a matter of time where you're like, Oh well they know, you know, uh Seth and Claire, you know, and like, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you know. So it's only a matter of time where like these pools of people will interact with each other eventually. And when it does, you don't feel like it's a first time it's like, Oh, it's been in the making for, <laughs> for
0: a long time. Is yeah. there anything else I can promote help? We can help promote for you
1: or anything else, anything
0: else at the moment?
1: Um, I mean, just FYC, you know, like if people are uh, going out there, we love uh, you considering the show um, for, you know, best comedy, all of that. You can vote as you will, as they say. Um, but we love the support and uh, you can go watch it all. On Hulu or on FX. And you can also watch all the episodes of Before the Shadows at beforetheshadows.com. Fantastic. Um, this was a pleasure. I really, uh, someday,
0: I hope we get to have like an exchange program where we get to come see your amazing furniture and then you can come to our house. And, <laughs> you know, like our, our house really sort of, like Lydia and I just had this shared thing by total accident that we both kind of wanted to live in like a weird natural history museum. And so we have like, like our house has a lot of spooky stuff in it. You know, Lydia's got Lydia's Wednesday Adams. She is, (laughs) she is so much more goth than I think people would assume she is. Um, You know, like,
1: just, just I think That's like, where we headed off. I think that's where We yeah.
0: <laughs> were walking the dog yesterday and she was like, It's really hot. And I'm like, You're wearing a long sleeve black shirt and black jeans. It's ninety-seven <laughs> degrees outside. You can wear shorts.
1: And she's like, No, that's not it. That's
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> exactly how she is.
1: No, I don't think that's it. Okay. Right.
0: Right. But uh, but I will tell her you
1: said hi and Yes, and please really do, and I can't wait to see you guys and we'll definitely have to have a get together.
0: I hope so. I and 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 if it seems like that we're, there's going to be social distancing for a while. Maybe there's a social distanced way that we can say oh, hello. And... You know, I'm
1: as long as it's six feet apart, we can make anything happen.
0: Okay, good. Thank you so much, Harvey. It's so wonderful to
1: see you. Thank you. Have a good one. Talk soon. See you. Bye. Bye. ID 10T
0: scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito.